Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I've done tributes, but there are some things here that have to do with Sports Card Insights with the deaths in the world of sports. There are more people dying <laughs> these last couple of years. COVID and other related things, just deaths in general have increased. How does that affect the value of your cards other than being sad for the family and friends of the deceased person. And it can, but it generally affects their contemporaneous memorabilia. If they had a rookie card when they were playing, not something that's after the fact or any posthumous thing, sometimes those can be interesting. Also, there's a spike in the value of the autograph after somebody dies. That's reasonable, but that spike is not always long lasting. It depends on how much the person signed when they were alive. But these deaths that bring scrutiny that people realize, hey, this guy or this gal, whatever, the athlete was a lot better than I realized. They've not been in the public eye, situations like that. They didn't sign a lot. Then yes, but there's usually a blip immediately and then it dies down. So I looked at several lists and I realized all the lists were different. Some of them left things out and some of them added people in, but some of them had the cause of death and some of them don't. So I'm just gonna go through them and point out things I think have any effect on our sports card world. Dan Reeves already did a tribute. He died of dementia in January. Don Maynard, another Hall of Famer, died of dementia. Not good, dementia could be related to concussions and things like that. I don't know that they know all that stuff. I think every year they're trying to learn from not necessarily autopsies, but trying to figure out how we can uh, life. Gerald Williams uh, passed away. I remember in the early days of the magazine, I, I'd get him mixed up with Bernie because they're both Yankee outfielders and Gerald died of cancer, only 55 years of age. Jeremy Giambi, brother of Jason, looks a lot like Jason and he died of suicide, which means taking your own life. And that's a really sad thing. I'm not gonna throw stones. I think when people get to that point, they're in a vertigo situation. What's down looks like when you're underwater and you don't know, you think you're swimming to the top and you're swimming down. I, there's, people just can't think straight sometimes. So I'm not gonna pass judgment on them other than it's a sad thing for everybody involved. And I'd like to see it not really publicized because I think sometimes it can be contagious. I think it should not be an option for somebody that's in their right mind. Scott Hall passed away, the wrestler. Complications from hip replacement surgery. I lost a friend of mine through complications from a surgery. Anytime you go in for surgery and you get anesthesia, be careful. Tommy Davis, I saw Tommy Davis play the five-year period where he was terrific. Two-time National League batting championship on some great Dodger teams too, and was a star, a RBI machine, a batting champ. Gene Shu, my wife, sometimes we're at the basketball game and she'll look over the coach and she said, you say most of the coaches used to be players, but that guy surely, they just don't look like they were players and like they shrunk or players were smaller back in the day, but Gene Shu was a good player, but he died at the age of 90 and most recently was a coach. Another one that just didn't look like it in his 50s and 60s, but apparently who does when you're looking at basketball players or in their peak of their condition. Rayfield Wright, I met him before, a Dallas Cowboy. There's certainly a Dallas Cowboy effect, but he said he suffered a severe seizure. That sounds horrible to die, but again, really an outstanding offensive tackle. Dwayne Haskins, that's been publicized. He was hit by a truck, too young at the age of 24. John Drew battled with bone cancer. I saw John Drew play. He was an all-star a couple seasons. He was a great offensive player. Wayne Cooper, not so great of offensive player, but a good player nonetheless, played for the Mavs, died from kidney disease. And that's 
related to other things as well. Adrian Payne, more recent 31-year-old basketball player, got shot. Bob Lanier, I think he was not a fast runner, but he was a pretty amazing big man. And his nephew, I believe, is the SA coach. And it says he passed away at the age of 73 after suffering a short illness. Now that is scary. I'm 73, I don't wanna have a short illness and die. Jeff Gladney, car accident, the TCU DB at the age of 24, that's really sad. Marion Barber, actually Marion Barber III, he ran as hard as any player I've seen. He ran like Earl Campbell, was just a battering ram. And that's tough on you. When you're watching kids play football or soccer, it's who wants to initiate contact? Who wants to be first to the ball? Marion Barber III was, was like that. Hugh McElhenney, here's one that could be, if you really studied Hugh McElhenney, you'd realize this guy was clearly one of the all-time greats. There are many greats from back in the 50s, but he was one of them, and he probably should get more consideration, and we'll see. Caleb Swanigan, they don't say a lot about that, but you don't die at the age of 25 from natural causes. There's always something going on and not necessarily something bad, it's just something's going on that isn't right. Jalen Ferguson died at the age of 26, a defensive player of the Ravens, and drug overdose. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Don't overdose drugs. Don't do them in the first place. Tony Siragusa, funny guy, died in his sleep. I want to die in my sleep after I'm 100 years old and I just don't wake up after my 100th birthday but there's probably more to the story there, but he lived life to the full. Bruton Smith, local guy, a NASCAR icon. Actually, why aren't they more interested in Tony Saragusa cards? I think there should be a little more than there would be. He was a big personality. Bruton Smith brought NASCAR to Dallas. Bill Russell, already been tributed, just had a great life. I think that's probably generated some interest. Vince Scully died at the age of 94. He just would seem like he was gonna go forever. Tom Weisskopf, pancreatic cancer, a golfer, but uh, pancreatic cancer, had some friends that have, yeah, that's a really tough one. Gary Gaines, another age of 73, battling Alzheimer's disease. I just I don't think they know what brings that on, but he's the Friday Night Lights guy that made, he was the real guy. Len Dawson, prostate cancer, usually doesn't kill men, but it is debilitating. Mari Wills, Mari Wills should get more interest. Again, he's an MVP, an all-star, and somebody that changed the game. Greg Lee, he passed away at the age of 70 from an infection. I remember him playing, he's a UCLA guard, and they said he helped lead UCLA to back-to-back -back national championships in 72 and 73. He was not the star of the team, but he, he probably was the point guard and had a lot of responsibility, but he was not a superstar, but he was a good college player. Again, no effect on memorabilia to any way that I can see. Uh, Gavin Escobar, the Dallas Cowboy effects. There should be some interest in his cars, but he died after a rock climbing accident. I guess if you're 31, you can do rock climbing. If you're 41, you can do rock climbing. At 51, 61, 71, at some point, rock climbing is dangerous even for the super fit. Already attributed Bruce Suter, uh, Ray Guy, same thing. He said advanced stage chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Folks, that means he couldn't breathe toward the end. Fred Hickman, one of my favorite sports broadcasters died, battled with liver cancer, age of 66. So he's not that much younger than me, but I actually watched Nick Charles and Fred Hickman back in the 80s on CNN Sports Tonight. I'd watch them instead of ESPN because for whatever reason, I think I thought they were tighter. They still had banter, but they knocked out a lot of stuff in 30 minutes. John Hadle, again, there could be some interest in John Hadle. He's got some all pro stats, a quarterback from Kansas who went on to great acclaim in the AFL Chargers, and I think he was an MVP. Again, if people took a second look there, I think they'd see somebody that's 
a quarterback. And a great, Mike Leach, again, not cards, I don't think, but uh, complications from a heart condition. That could have been me. I'm trying to my best to not follow in those footsteps. Tom Browning, it's not every pitcher that, that has a, a perfect game, but he has uh, passed away now. Left-handed pitcher. I actually know two other Tom Brownings that are not pitchers. So it's a little bit more of a common name, but certainly to have a perfect game is pretty awesome. Finally, Franco Harris, Pele, the last two. Now maybe we'll remember them more because they came at the end of the year. But Franco Harris was great. He's been memorialized on This Is Us <laughs> and the Immaculate Reception. Fun to watch, was a great player on great teams, which is a wonderful combination. So I hope that uh, Franco will be enduring. And he was actually a little bit of a hobby spokesman for SCORE, I think, back in the late 80s, early 90s. So he's missed. And Pele is absolutely amazing. When you're already the GOAT, when you die, you're the GOAT. Kathy Whitworth, I didn't even see her in that one big listing, and she won more golf tournaments than anybody, man or female. Kurt Simmons, last member of the Whiz Kids, was a better pitcher than people realize. I don't think it's going to affect his card price. He, he could make the Phillies Hall of Fame, but not the regular Hall of Fame. Paul Silas, same thing. He was the guy you wanted to have as a teammate. You didn't want him guarding you, but he wasn't really an all-star, although he might have been an all-star a couple of years, but you just wanted him on your team. He was a movable defender. Marlon Briscoe, one of the first black quarterbacks, and Guy Lafleur always enjoyed that. I remember going to the forum and the Canadians were in their prime, and he was just zipping up the ice. Daryl LaMonica, another one that could get more scrutiny, not probably ever going to make the Hall of Fame, but if you look at his career, he's always had a following, and there's a little bit of a Raider mystique as well. Joe B. Hall, the Kentucky coach, one of the things that comes up when you're selling cards, you realize that in basketball and football, where somebody went to college really matters, and Kentucky <laughs> obviously is one of the most collect teams. Ross Browner was not on the list, but he died of COVID, age of 67, which is a scary thought. Again, probably no effect on his cards, even though he's a Notre Damer, another college where if in doubt and you had somebody you were going to collect and one of them went to Notre Dame and one of them went to some smaller school, there's some extra demand for that. Ralph Neely, cowboy, all pro many years, died. Again, not a lot of commentary there. I don't think I've gotten a lot of interest. I do have a fair number of cowboys from being down here. John Landy, the Australian miler, the second guy to run below four minutes after Roger Bannister. I actually sold one of his cards on Comp C. Kenny Burrow, the Oilers wide receiver. He was always a problem. Whenever I saw him, he was scoring a long touchdown. And all I know is whenever I played football in the city leagues, if a guy was fast, you just can't let him get behind you because you'll never catch him. Give up the short pass, but Kenny Burrow, I don't know how he always got behind people, but whenever I watch games, it seemed like he did. Gino Capaletti, an all-star, and had an MVP one of the years. So dying at 88, could there be more interest in his cards? There certainly ought to be. Same thing with Don Perkins, the fullback, an undersized fullback in my recollection, a Cowboys but made a lot of Pro Bowls, small pros. He was a solid, dependable, not that flashy, but hardworking and well-spoken cowboy fullback that on those on those cowboy teams right before they were getting great. Mentioned Lee Billingsley, no card thing, but he died of myasthenia gravis, one of the fundamental problems that Mark Anderson, my good friend, passed away a little while ago from. But Hobie was an amazing diving coach at Indiana. Actually, one of the loudest sporting events I ever went to was a swimming meet when SMU was at its peak and Indiana was at its peak. And this is in the late 60s, and it was just in this small natatorium 
and they just literally raised the roof because they were highly ranked at dual meet. Johnny Egan, you wouldn't remember him unless you watched a lot of basketball in the 60s, and he was a hustling guard, point guard. He dies after a fall. Don't climb ladders. Don't go on roofs. I have several friends that have made that mistake. John Stearns, the Mets catcher, I'm thinking he's a common. Then I'm looking here and it says died from prostate cancer, but he was an all-star four different years. So even these guys that you don't think are superstars were still solid players and worthy of respect. Salming, the Swedish hockey defenseman that's in the Hall of Fame, he died of Lou Gehrig's disease. I've had several friends that have died from that. It's miserable and it seems to befall athletes and overachievers in what I've seen. I guess that's it. When somebody dies as a surprise, it can have an effect. If somebody's old and they die, it doesn't. But they're still worthy when they get that additional scrutiny when they die. These were amazing athletes, even the ones that are not all pro every year. They still had some great moments, and that's one of the reasons why we collect. It can be for the moment, not just for the career. So thanks, everybody. I'll be back in a couple days with another episode.